Bibles, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 15. Joshua chapter 15 and Judges chapter 1. Joshua chapter 15 and Judges chapter 1. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to have four points for on your bulletin. So Judges chapter or Joshua chapter 15 and Judges chapter 1. And the title of this message is, There is More. So look at somebody and say, There is More. Um, appreciate Mark. Did a great job last Sunday bringing the message. Uh, Jade and I had got away and did our uh, something that we try to do every year. And we definitely felt like that we needed to do it this year for sure. was get away and do our prayer petition and um, pray over this year and over you guys and the church and over some things personal in our lives. And we had a, a good time to get away, and I appreciate Mark filling the pulpit. And um, this week, whenever I was just praying about what to bring, knowing that my last message was about the prayer of petition, um, the Lord led me to a passage of Scripture. I've already preached it to Jada and taught it to Jada several times, and but she's going to hear it for the third time today. Um, but, uh, and I need it too, I need to hear this, and I have, you know, I've read the word, and this is a story, and the reason why I put up two places, we're just going to look at Joshua chapter 15 today, but I wanted to let you know that this story that I'm about to share with you is in Joshua chapter 15 and Judges chapter 1, okay, and when God puts something in scripture twice, it means pay attention, so look at somebody and say, pay attention. And it's just a story that's just kind of like a sidebar to what's going on in a, in a particular family, just a, a sidebar, but, um, uh, but it's there, God says we're going to put it in there twice. And so it's in Joshua 15 and Judges chapter 1. In fact, when you go home and read it, and I encourage you to go home and read it in Judges chapter 1 today, is that it's, uh, it's almost verbatim. It's almost verbatim, the, the, the two stories. And so we're going to pick this up in Joshua chapter 15. Uh, how many of you know who Caleb is in the Bible? Right, okay, if, you're, if you've been around the word, any, there was Joshua and Caleb. They were the two spies that said we were able to take the promised land. And, but the, 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 all the children of Israel listened to the other ten's negative report and um, and, you know, the story there. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And had they listened to Joshua and Caleb, they could have took it. And later in life, when J Caleb was 85, he went and took what was his. And he was a giant killer. Look at somebody and say, Caleb was a giant killer. Caleb was a giant killer. And so we're going to look into his family, all right? The Bible even says... Um, it talks about When it talked about Joshua and Caleb, it said that Caleb and Joshua were of a different spirit. So they were of the Holy Spirit. That's the different spirit. They, they could believe God. They had faith in God. All right? And so I'm trying to give you all this backstory about this, about Caleb. So Caleb was a stud. <laughs> all right? I mean, he's 85 years old, and he's still kicking giants, all right, killing giants. This man was a stud. But he, was, he, was of, he knew God. He had faith. And then we're going to read about something here, and it's his daughter, and his daughter's name is Axa. Anybody ever heard of Axa in the Bible? See, we're all going to learn something new today. This just jumped out at me when I read this, all right? 
And uh, so here we go in Joshua chapter 15. Everybody ready? This is the story of Aksa, who is the daughter of Caleb, the giant killer. All right, so in Joshua chapter 15, verses 13 through 19, I'm going to read this out of the English Standard Version. It says, according to the commandment, aren't you glad I'm reading it in English this morning, by the way? (laughs) That's a joke. All right, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the people of Judah, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Anak was a giant. And it says in verse 14, And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Shishiah, I'm hoping I'm saying these right, and Ahihim, Ahiman, Ahiman, and Talmai. Is that okay? Okay, guys. You know, when you come to hard words, you just go hard word, hard word, hard word when you're reading the word, okay? It says the descendants of Anak, okay? These were giants. By the way, a little sidebar here is I told Mark Ward, uh, him and I were talking this week, and I'm going to do a series this year sometime on Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, and I'm going to teach every one of us in here what is called the seed war and uh, why there were giants here and all that, okay? So we need to understand there were giants in the Bible, okay? And you see all these big structures that, that archaeologists are trying to figure out who built them and how did they have the tools like that back then when they, they thought they were cavemen? Well, they weren't. They were giants. And they, were, they, they understood a lot of things. And, and I'm, I'm going to teach you about all of that in this series called The Seed War so you understand about giants. Okay? And everybody said? Amen. All right? That's, that's futuristic. And it said in verse 15, And he went up from there against the inhabitants of Deber. Now the name of Deber formerly was kiriath Sefer, And Caleb said... Whoever strikes, so Caleb's a giant killer. We don't know how many giants Caleb took care of, but we know he took care of these three. The Bible tells us that. I believe there were a lot more that Caleb took care of and Joshua. But in verse 16 it says, And Caleb said, Whoever strikes kiriath Sefer, which is another city of giants, and captures it, to him will I give Aksa, my daughter, as a wife. And you might be saying, if you're a, if you're a dad in here, you might be saying, my gosh, he's just kind of throwing his daughter out there, you know. And um, you have to remember in their culture, in the Eastern culture, um, the dad would give a, a groom, would give, them a, give him a dowry for, you know, taking his daughter as, as his wife. And so basically what Caleb is saying is whoever takes this city, it, you're going to have that city and everything in it, all the, all the riches and everything in it, it's my dowry for my daughter. If you, and you're going to have my daughter as a wife. And so Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it. Now, here's the deal. If you're following along, and I'm going to get to the right screen, and Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it. And I was reading that, and I was like, OMG, that's a nephew of Caleb. He married his cousin. Okay. All right, I, I, we'll teach on that later, okay? All right, so not far from Arkansas. I'm just kidding, not far from Arkansas. All right, so in the Bible days, and I, I'm just a little sidebar here. How does that happen? This happened in Scripture to, to um, and, I'll, and this goes back into what I'm going to teach on Genesis chapter 1 through 11, is because of the bloodline, okay? Because of the bloodline. And, um, and back then, now our DNA has 
and everything, and and the scientific things, Carrie could probably do this better than me, but back then the DNA was more pure, and they could intermarry in family, okay? And that's just a little sidebar about that, okay? And he gave him Axa, his daughter, his wife. Everybody say Axa. You're never going to forget this name today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And he gave, his, he gave him Axa, his daughter, his wife. In verse 18, it says, When she came to him, talking about her new husband, Othniel. And I'm just going to a little sidebar about Othniel. When you read Judges chapter 1, Othniel was the first judge of Israel. And under his reign, under this man's reign, who was the nephew of Caleb, Israel experienced peace for 40 years. And his wife was Axa. All right, so here's the deal, guys. Behind every good and great man is an even greater wife. And everybody said, if you're married, you better say amen this morning. So when she came to him, she came to Othniel, and she urged him, everybody say, ask. Ask my father for a field. Now, if, if I'm Othniel, and I'm just trying to get us into this story this morning, if I'm Othniel, I'm like, ask your dad. That dude's a giant killer. You know, I'm scared. I respect your dad. I'm a scared to death of your dad. And your dad just gave us a whole freaking city, honey. We got a whole city and everything in it. And she said, no, I want you to ask my dad for a field. All right? So he has to go ask daddy for a field. And when you, we're going to read in this story, he went and asked Caleb for the field. It doesn't tell us this, but he does. He gives, the, gives him the field. Now, I want you to just, this lady is something else. And then it says about Axa, and it says, and she got off of her donkey, and Caleb said to her, because Caleb's her dad, he looked at her, he, he, he can see it in her eyes, and he's like, what do you want? <laughs> How many of you in here have daughters? I've got a daughter, okay? And, it, it, and, and being a daddy, you just look at him, and I can look at Taya, and I'm like, okay, what do you want? Oh, my gosh, what do you want now? You know, and that's what's going on here. And I don't want it to sound like Caleb was like, oh gosh, here she comes. What do you want now? You know, you're, you, you bore me to tears with all you're asking. This is, Caleb and her had a relationship. He was her father. This was his, his daughter. They had a relationship that she knew I can go to my daddy at any time and I can ask him for anything. And he's going to do everything in his power to get it to me. And this is a story of, it's a type and shadow of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. God wants you to be just like Axa. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God, and he wants you to go get in his presence and ask him what you have need of. And don't be bashful about it either because you're a son and daughter. Most of us just grovel in God's presence. Oh, God, I'm a sinner, you know, and, and I've done all this wrong. And the enemy beats us up with guilt and shame and condemnation. And, and the Lord is telling us all, look, I, I sent my son to die in your place. You're that valuable to me. The angels can't even understand it, the Bible says. They're, they, they're like, why does God care about these people so much? We were created in the image of God. The Bible even says a little bit below the angels, but the angels are even, they're just perplexed at how much God loves us and desires us to be in his presence and ask him for things. But, we, but what happens in a lot of our prayer lives, guys, I'm, I'm just telling you, and I'm telling off on myself, we think we ask, but we don't ask. We're mainly just griping and complaining and murmuring and going on. And God's saying, you have never asked me. 
Yeah, I, see, I, hear, I, I hear you talking about it all the time with your spouse or with your friend or whoever, but all you're doing is griping and murmuring and complaining because, you, you know, hey, I got a city, but I need a field now, you know. And, but you've never asked me. And I love this girl that she influences people around her to ask God. I want to be like that. So my job, what I'm trying to do today, I guess my job is today, I'm trying to influence every one of us in here to start asking God for stuff, for the stuff that we have need of. And a lot of times when we think we're asking, we, we always go to the, you know, to the area of finances. Yeah, God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing, but it's way more than that. God wants you to be, he wants you to have better relationships. He wants you to have better health. He wants you to have better emotional health. He wants you to have better mental health. Every area of your life, he wants you to be better, and he wants you to be blessed. And so this is a, a loving dialogue. It's not like when I first read it, I was, I was reading it like this is my daughter Tayan coming to me, and I, I see it in her eyes as she gets out of her Ford Edge, and I'm like, what do you want? You know, that, that's her donkey, by the way. Uh, she doesn't have a donkey, but, you know. So this, this girl gets off her donkey, and Caleb just looks at her, and there was one translation that says, what do you wish, honey? What do you wish? And so we've got to get that mentality that we can go into God's presence boldly and ask for what we have need of. And everybody said, amen. All right. So I hope you're getting it so far. And so it says, she said to him, give me a blessing. Now, I want you to notice how, how Caleb responds, her father. She said to him, give me a blessing. And I'd be like, honey, I just, you, just, you got a city. You got a field. What else do you need? You, you just had Othniel come to me and ask for the whole field outside of the city. So what else do you need? And he doesn't do that. He says, since you have given me, she goes, since you have given me the land of Negev, give me also springs of water. And I love how he responds. And he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. He just didn't give her one set of springs. He gave her two. So God wants to, and here's, here's my title of this message today. There is more that God wants to do in your life. And there's more that God wants to give you, but you're going to have to ask for it. Because that's how God set it up. And a lot of times we get to the point where you may have a city and you're just like, you know, God's blessed me up to this point, and you just kind of get um, complacent. We're supposed to be content in the Lord, but never complacent, all right? And so even when you're content, you shouldn't be satisfied because there's always more. I got saved um, back in 1993, and then I found out that there's more. Found out that there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then it got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I even found out there's even more after that. There's always more. I want God to do more in this house. I want more revival. I want more salvations. I want more people coming to the Lord. I want more. And I could just get satisfied and just say, you know what, we're, I'm just going to pastor this, this group of people, this 50 people that show up on Sunday morning, and we're all going to go. But there's more people out there that do not know Jesus. But it's going to take all of us asking the Father, and I'm asking the Father to send forth more laborers into the harvest. And we need more laborers around here. And everybody said, amen. Okay. So she said to him, give me a blessing. And he didn't, and here's the deal. When you go to God and you say, give me a blessing, he's not going to tell you, you know what? I've already done that. <laughs> God's going to say, what do, you, what do you have need of? What do you want? There, and here's the deal, guys. I want you to get this. There's always more with God. 
I don't want to get to heaven and say, and look at all the things that I missed because I didn't ask for it. I don't think that's going to happen because then we'd be sad in heaven and there's no sorrow in heaven. But you know what I'm saying. So God wants us to have, it takes faith to ask. It takes faith to ask. And John 10.10 says this, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified Version. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what God wants for you. God wants you to have the abundant life. He wants you to enjoy life here. He wants you to have the abundant life here, and he wants you to have it to the full until it overflows in every arena of your life. If I could sum up this whole message today in a sentence, this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling us. If you're not asking for more, then you're going to get less. Amen? If you're not asking for more, then you're going to get less because your Father does want to bless you. I'm going to read something that I came across, and we do not realize, guys, how much this, what I call the, the uh, lack mindset or the scarcity mindset affects us in everyday life. Uh, and we don't really, we hear these messages and we get excited because we hear about the abundant life, but we have to renew our mind according to the Word of God, and you're going to have to develop your mind to go from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And you're going to have to do that daily in situations and circumstances. And I came across something that I want to read to you, showing you the difference between the scarcity mindset and the, it, the abundance mindset. And you're going to see that we all deal with this. We all gravitate. Our default mechanism is the scarcity mindset that God is holding out on us. It goes back plumb to the fall. That's how the enemy tricked Adam and Eve. God's holding out on you on something. He's holding knowledge out on you on something. No, he's not. God isn't holding anything back from us. And everybody said, now let me read this. It says, the scarcity mentality versus the abundance mentality. Our attitudes towards scarcity and abundance in other aspects of our lives can greatly influence our success. Stephen Covey explains these concepts beautifully in his classic, The Seven, Habit, the Seven Habits of a Highly Effective People, which I've read, and I encourage you to read that too. And this is what he writes. Most people are deeply scripted in what I call the scarcity mentality. They see life as having only so much as though there were only one pie out there. And if someone were to get a big piece of the pie, it would mean less for everybody else. The scarcity mentality is the zero-sum paradigm of life. People with a scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power, or profit, even with those who help in the production of it. They also have a very hard time being genuinely happy for the successes of other people, even and sometimes especially members of their own family or close friends and associates. Everybody know how much we deal with the scarcity mindset? Contrast that with the abundance mentality, which flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. You need to write that one down. The abundance mentality flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. I want you to know that this young lady that we're studying about today, AXA, was raised in a home where she had, a, she had an inner sense of personal worth and security, and it came down from her daddy, Caleb, that she knew who she was in Christ. She knew what was her inheritance. She knew that she had value, and she was secure in it. 
And it is the paradigm that there is plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in sharing of prestige, of recognition, of profits, of decision-making. It opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. That's the abundant mindset. There's enough for everybody out there. God's got more pies. <laughs> There's not just one pie. God's got a pie for every one of us. I'm getting hungry right now. All right. Hope they got some good desserts at that, at that dinner today. So if you're, if you're not asking for more, then you're going to get less. So before we leave today, I'm going to give you four things on how to receive from God. And this, this is very um, easy. Every one of us in here can do it. But what I'm trying to get us all to do is to switch gears from griping, complaining, and murmuring about what we don't have and start thanking God for what you do have and praising him for the things that are going to come and asking him for it, okay? And so here's, here's the first thing on how to, how to receive from God. Number one, you're going to have to say it. And here's where this is where it means you're going to have to ask for it. In prayer, you're going to have to ask for it. Jade and I wrote a petition uh, while we were away, and there were specific things that we were asking for, specific things. And so I want you to, when you formulate an ask, ask it with specificity, if I can say that. That's a hard word to say. I'm not going to say that again, Jacoby. So be specific in what you ask for. And I, and I encourage you to write it out so that when it does happen, you can go back and praise God for it. But ask him specifically. And this is Job chapter 22, verses 27 through 28. It says, you will make your prayer to him. He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. I mean, you're going to do whatever he tells you to do. And you will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. Amen. So God wants you to make your prayer to him. He says he's going to hear you. You also need to declare it. And he's going to establish for you, he's going to establish for you, and there's going to be light shine on your path and show you the way. Now, in, in, uh, and you're going to have to pray according to what the will of God is. Every one of us in here want to be millionaires, all right? <laughs> okay? But I just want to have God, and you know, some of you will be, possibly. But the deal is, is God wants to bless every one of us. All right. I don't know if you're going to be a millionaire or not, but God wants you to have more than enough, I can tell you that, so that you'll have for you and you'll be able to help somebody else. Here's the next thing that you're going to have to do. So everybody look at somebody and say, say it. I'm telling you, we get hung up right there. You, and a lot of times people, and I used to default this, well, I have been saying it. And then I realized, no, I haven't. I've been saying it to myself and talking to myself about what I don't have and what's wrong and God, where are you at and where are you going to show up and you know, and, and then you start saying, I'm saying stuff like, I'm, I'm better at being God than you are, God. And God's like, ho, 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 slow down here, son. You know, no, you're getting too big for your britches. You need to humble yourself a little bit. I'm God and you're not, all right? And so, um, so, guys, the say it is a big deal because a lot of times we think we're saying it. We're really just talking to ourselves, and we haven't been talking to God about it. And so say it, talk to God about it. Here's number two, do it. Look at somebody and say, do it. Just do it. I was telling Jada this story on the way in when I was, and Mark and I were talking about this this week, and it reminded me of this, was we were talking about Mary whenever, um, you know, the first miracle that Jesus did was turn the water into wine at the, at the marriage, and, and she had Jesus do this. 
and she told Jesus, she said, told him the problem, what was going on, and then she told the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So the original just do it came from Mary, not Nike, okay? Yeah, Mark came up with, I'm, I'm giving kudos to Mark, Mark came up with that one, I said, I'm stealing that one, brother. But so Mary had the original just do it. And so it leads you to say, and Jay and I were talking about this, I said, honey, can you imagine, because we don't know when Joseph passed away, Jesus' earthly father, his adopted father, but whenever he did, then in their culture, Jesus, being the, the, the uh, oldest son, became the head of the household, so, and Mary was his mother, so, there, so that you, can in, you can extrapolate from that scripture that there were some things that happened in their household at home before this ever happened that Jesus had told his mama, mama, if we'll do this, then this will happen. And then she found out when I do what he says, stuff happens. And so that's what she was doing at the wedding. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And you know what he told them? Go fill up all those water pots with water. Not wine, water. And they're, and they're like, okay, we're serving water at a wedding? I mean, this is a disgrace to this family. And, you know, you know the end of the story. If you've read it, Jesus turned the water into wine. And the, the, the uh, host of the marriage says, this, this wine's better than the first wine. Because as the night went on, in their culture, wine, they served the best wine at first, and then the cheap stuff came out later. But not with Jesus. The good stuff came out at the end. All right? So everything, everything with Jesus is the good stuff. So how to receive from God, you got to do it. So whatever he tells you to do, and I'm just using that story because sometimes some of the things that he tells you to do are going to sound ludicrous. They're going to they're, they're go against every grain in you that this does not sound right. It doesn't even make any sense. And so I think God gets pleasure out of doing that because it takes faith to do the things he tells you to do. I read a story this week about a man that was... Um, and his, and his young son saw him do this, and uh, the, uh, <laughs> this is such an incredible story, but they were needing a certain amount of money, and he only had one certain amount. And so he prayed, and doing what I asked you, he asked God, God, what do I do? And they were in this certain city, this is years ago, and there was a lot of people downtown in the square and this is, this is, this is going to sound completely nuts, but this is what God spoke to this man. He needed a certain amount of money for something at a certain time that day. And he was praying, God, God, I, don't ha I have this amount of money. I don't know what to do with it. And God spoke to his heart and said, see that man over there? He's selling cheese. He said, and I want you to buy a block of cheese. And I want you to use every bit of money that you've got and buy one whole block of cheese from that man. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go buy cheese. And so he goes and buys cheese. And as he buys the cheese, God tells him what I want you to do. He gave him a picture of the story in the Bible of when Jesus blessed it, gave it to the multitude. All right? And so he said, what I want you to do is I want you to cut that up, put it in little packages, and I want you to go around this square selling cheese to people. And they're going to buy from you. And this guy's like, I've never, I mean, God, are you crazy? People are actually going to buy cheese from me? In this square. So he did what God said, wrapped it, you know, cut it up in little slivers, went around to the hole in this square, sold cheese, and when he got done, he had more than enough to take care of the need that he had. But God did it through a block of cheese. Crazy. Sounds crazy, I know. And I, I share that story because there may be something in your life that God's telling you 
because you're, you're praying for more, and, and God's maybe saying that there's something I want you to do to sell, and you need to split it up. I don't know who that's for. I'm just throwing that out there, okay? Because sometimes when you split up something, you receive more than if you're trying to just do it as a whole. Okay, we'll just leave that where it's at, and I feel like that was for somebody this morning, okay? And just let the Holy Spirit speak through you through that, what that's supposed to mean. And there's a scripture here that goes with this. is Isaiah 1, verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So you've got to be willing, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. And then be obedient to whatever he tells you to do. Everybody, getting so- everybody receiving something this morning? Everybody learning something? Okay, we've got to say it. Then we've got to do it, whatever he tells us to do. And then the third thing is, and this is where some of us get hung up too, is we got to receive it. However God sends it, we have to receive it. Because he may use it, he may send whatever you have need of through another person, and you're going to have to humble yourself to receive from them. A lot of us walk around in pride, and we don't even know it because we think we got to take care of everything. No, that's why we need each other. Everybody said? That's why we're a community of believers, and we need each other. And so God sometimes answers, a lot of times, answers prayer through other people. And so, but we got to position ourselves to receive it however God sends it. And here's, just give you a little bit of, there's so much in the word, and I just encourage you to go take the word receive and do a word study on it in the Bible. But receiving is in his word, and I'm just going to give you a few of them. We delight ourselves in the Lord, and he gives us the desires of our heart. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. There it is. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. God wants to bless you. He wants you to bless you, and he wants you to receive it. Everyone who asks will receive. Matthew 7, 8, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Ask, and you shall receive. Whatever you ask and believe for, you will receive. Matthew 21, verse 22, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So you've got to go to God and, pray, and ask, pray, Believe you're receiving it, and you're going to receive it. Here's the last one. Have confidence in God, knowing that you will receive what you've prayed and believed for. Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. So you're believing that you receive them before you've ever received them. Everybody said? And then you will have them. So it takes faith. You've got to pray in faith. Is everybody learning something today? All right. Where is Stacy at? Is she in here? Yeah, Stacy, are you ready? Because I'm on my last point, so you, yeah, go ahead and go get ready, and we'll, we're going to do her baptism right here at the end. And sorry for the little intermission there. And then we're going to have Mark, we're going to go out, don't you get shy on me. Can we do that, Luke? Okay. Mark and Luke, okay. We're going to go out with that song today. And then after we do the song, I'm going to bless everybody. All right, one last thing. This goes with this. So we say it, we do it, then what do we do? Receive it, and here's the fourth thing, and I'm going to show you. Then we're going to tell it. But here's, I'm going to throw a little curveball here with this one. How to receive from God. I want you to start telling it before you ever receive it. Because some of us wait till I'm not going to say anything until I receive it. Then I'm going to tell it. No, faith tells it before you even receive it. And I'm going to show you this. Revelation 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Okay, God wants you to tell it. And how you tell it is through praise. Okay, 
Praise is the big gun of faith. Praising God before you see the answer. And that's why I wanted Luke and them to sing, you know, Oh soul, don't get shy on me now. Amen. Don't get shy on me now. So praising God before you see the answer. Praise is often the key component to cross over from believing to receiving. And here's, here's, the, here's where the rubber meets the road, okay? Because a lot of people say, well, okay, well, if I tell it before I receive it, that's lying, Pastor Mark. No, it's not. That's faith, okay? You're not, and you're not denying that the problem, you're not denying the problem when you praise. You're putting the problem, what you're doing is you're putting the problem, you're telling it, you're telling it to run, basically. You're telling the problem to get out of your face. You're, you're, putting, you're giving notice to fear, you're giving notice to the devil, you're giving notice to the problem, whatever situation it is, you're telling it to run. You're not telling that it doesn't exist. You're just saying, my praise is going to cover this situation, and I'm telling you to get out of here in Jesus' name. And everybody said, now I'm going to give you, share a little story with you that I read this week about a lady talking about how to receive from God. You need to tell it, you need to tell it before you receive it, and you need to tell it after you receive it. That's your testimony. Because there's going to be times when you go back to God and ask for more. Then you're going to say, God, thank you for doing that so-and-so for me. But God, like AXA did, thank you, Daddy, for the city. Thank you, Daddy, for giving the field to Othniel, my husband. But Daddy, I want more. And we need some water. And Daddy says, Daddy says, he doesn't say, get out of my face, AXA. You've asked for so much. That's why I named you AXA. I was, that's what I, you, you axing me all the time. You're asking stuff for all the time. You're never going to forget her name, AXA, okay? That's, that's what God wants us to do, AXA. He wants you to be like AXA, ask, ask, ask. And he doesn't tell her to get out of my face. He just says, what do you need, honey? What do you want? And she says, Daddy, we need water because you gave us a city. You gave us fields, but we need water for uh, you know, because and I'm, I'm sure with her being the lady that she was, I'm sure she had ideas of planting gardens and she had livestock and all kinds of stuff. And she said, we need some water, Dad. And back in that day, and it still is today, water is a precious commodity, and especially where they lived. And, and, God, and the, here's the deal. Her father said, I'm not just going to give you one spring, honey. I'm giving you two in case that one spring goes dry. I mean, God is so good. And so Caleb is a type and shadow of our Heavenly Father and AXA is a type and shadow of us as his children. Amen? You know, every one of you in here, I know are good parents and you want to give your kids good gifts. Here's the deal. God wants to give you more than you could ever even dream of. He's that good of a father. There was a story of a woman talking about telling it before you ever receive it. And Kenneth E. Hagan was uh, back when he was alive. He's at home with the Lord now. But he would travel and do um, crusades and, and meetings and it, where, when he would go, it was usually last like a Sunday through a Wednesday. They'd have night services. And it, he went to this particular church and this congregation. And this woman had a, had a situation with her thyroid where she had a gorder that st stuck out. I mean, it was very noticeable. And, um, and so the first night he was there, he taught on faith. And he taught on healing that when you, you know, if you're wanting healing in a certain area of your body, then you need to, you need to appropriate that by faith and receive it. And, uh, and he taught them about what I'm telling you tonight or today that tell it, okay? Tell it. But, and this is tell it before you ever even receive it. She took it hook, line, and sinker, and she, there was a time in the service where he would let people share a testimony. And she stood up, and she said, the Lord is healing 
my gorder. Or she'd say, the Lord has healed my gorder on my neck, and she'd point to it. Well, everybody there in the congregation's like, it's still there, honey. You know, it ain't healed yet. You know, and they'd murmur and, and all this stuff. And she did that the first night. The second night she got up, it was still there. Same thing. She said, I'm praising God. He's healed my gorder from my neck. It's, it's, not gonna, it's, it's not there. And they'd say, yeah, it is there. She wasn't denying that it was there. She was just praising God for the answer. And by the last night of this revival, when she, you know, now everybody's seeing her, and everybody's like, oh, God, here she goes again. She's not even healed, you know, and she's up there giving a testimony. And she stands up, and the gorder's gone. And it was, she was just a living testimony to everybody there that when you praise him before it even happens, God's, that's, that's faith. God loves that. Hebrews eleven six. what pleases God is our faith. And everybody said, Amen. So if you're not asking for more, then you're going to get less. And I don't want anybody in here receiving less. I want you to receive more. And your Heavenly Father wants you to receive more. And everybody said, Amen. Okay. So everybody learned something today? Okay. Stacy, I want you to come on up here and stand up here by me for just a second. This is Stacy Hansen. Give her a big hand clap. Jada's going to come back up here with us. and uh, But I just want to read something over you. This Do you want to share anything? You can taste. She said, I can taste my pulse. I never have said, had somebody say, that's okay. I'll talk for you, okay? Okay. This is Stacy, and we've been trying to do this for several months now, right? Yeah, yeah. and she's had some sickness in her family and different things. Yeah, come on in here, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Third time's a charm. And so, uh, we've been trying to get this done, and she's had different things going on in her family. But she had told me several Sundays ago that she said, Pastor, and you've never been water baptized, right? Never have. And she, she's come here, and she's, she wants to follow Jesus. And she's been hearing me say that the next step of obedience is to follow the Lord in water baptism. So that's what we're going to do today. And so she is fulfilling all righteousness, is what the Word says, as she does this. She's doing what Jesus did. And uh, so I'm going to ask you this. Stacy, do you promise according to the grace given to you to celebrate Christ's presence and further his mission in the world? If so, say, I do. Okay. And this is a charge to all of us. Will you support this newest member to the body of Christ with prayer, words, and deeds to help her grow in her knowledge and love of God? If so, say, we will. Amen. All right. I want everybody to stretch forth your hand over Stacy, and we're going to pray over her this morning. Father, I thank you for Stacy. I thank you for sending her to our church family. God, I thank you for what you're doing in her life. God, I thank you that she has responded to what the Holy Spirit has been wooing her, and she's wanting to follow you in water baptism. And I just think about when Jesus followed water baptism in, in, from John, and uh, he told John, John, we, we've got to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So this is a part of our, our step of obedience, being willing, willing and obedient so that we'll eat the good of the land. And so, Lord, I'm just thanking you that, that, uh, that there's going to be just tremendous breakthrough in Stacy's life as she follows you in water baptism. God, she's, uh, she's going to come to know you in a real, personal, intimate way. God, she's going to have a great relationship with you. God, we thank you for her. We thank you for her family, and we speak blessings over her today. And we're all witnesses here of her following you in water baptism. And God, we're just rejoicing with her, and we're rejoicing with the angels in heaven today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. All right, let's go on up here, and Jada's going to come with us. And praise team's going to come up here and get, okay, and Carrie's coming, okay. Amen.
Nope, water is warm. It is warm. We got it warm for you. around and show them your shirt these are our baptism shirts that we've been getting people now it says all in so and uh, if you'll turn around and sit down on that little ledge right here yeah you know you're good you're good and then scoot up as far as you can on that yeah scoot up this way I'm sorry all right now take one hand and grab your nose the other hand grab your wrist Right there, okay. All right, Stacy, upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Proud of you, girl. Amen. Let's all stand up, and our praise team is going to lead us out with this song, and I'm going to come up and bless you guys. Congratulations, Stacy. That's awesome. Will on the drums, doing an awesome job. 
Everybody learned something today? All right, Jada, come up here with me. We're going to grab hands of the person next to you, and I'm going to speak this blessing over you today. And uh, it's good to see everybody this morning, Jacoby. I was just going to tell you, when I walked out of there, and I was talking about praise, and I looked over at you, and you were just praising God, I just said, I just love seeing my nephew praise God like that. And God, I just felt the Holy Spirit say that God said, I do too, Mark. <laughs> so God sees you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Amen. All right. Father, we, I just thank you for this word today, and I just pray that people would leave here today knowing that they're sons and that we're sons and daughters of yours, and you want us to ask. You want us to come just like Axa did with her dad into your presence and just ask for more. And God, you're, gonna, you're so gracious, you want to give us more. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. And I just pray that people are going to leave here today just blessed in Jesus' name. And they're going to know that they're a son and daughter of the Most High God. And so, Lord, I bless everyone here today. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to, to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they're the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, Be like AXA.